1: You read a lot about the Northeast, you read a lot about um, a lot of what a, essentially a lot of the white Americans did for, the, for freedom for themselves, and, but you don't really hear a lot about what Native American nations were doing and how they responded to this, because it very much affected them
0: as well. That's Journal of the American Revolution contributor Jordan Baker talking about the Cherokee-American War, and he's our guest today. I'm Brady Kreitzer, and this is Dispatches. This episode is brought to you by Discover Concord, the town where our American history began. Plan to visit and explore historic Concord, Massachusetts. For more information, visit discoverconcordma.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Dispatches. I'm your host, Brady Kreitzer. Today, our guest is Jordan Baker, Journal of the American Revolution contributor, writing about the Cherokee-American War one of those very important other wars going on during the larger American Revolution. As a lot of you know, my personal studies deals with Native Americans, Indian politics, and their role and view of the American Revolution. And Jordan Baker's article uh, is a really great primer uh, for someone who's not familiar with uh, that aspect of the war, and on its own, a valuable addition to the scholarly landscape. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with Jordan Baker. Jordan Baker, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Tell us about your background.
1: Sure. So yeah, I studied college, or I studied history in college at NC State University, and then went on to get my master's there as well. And since graduating from there in 2016 with my master's degree, I've been blogging to sort of keep up my interest in the historical field. I have my own blog uh, called East India Blogging Co., and I also write for other sites across the internet like Jar. Um, and I, I really love the, the Journal of American History. It's a great place to to, to learn a lot about the Revolution. And um,
0: anyway, yeah, that's my background. What first drew your interest into this topic?
1: So yeah, I've always been fascinated with the American Revolution. It's one of my favorite that actually is my favorite era of American history. And I've also always been fascinated in the stories that you don't get to hear a lot growing up in the United States. I feel like, you know, we always hear about the revolution from the American, the American point of view, specifically like the white American point of view. And, um, and you don't hear a lot about Southern theater in schools either. And so this topic, being able to sort of give a little bit of agency back to sort of the, some of the Native American actors in, in the war was fascinating. Um, and just being able, being able to tell some, uh, some lesser known stories.
0: What was the background, the context of the Cherokee American War?
1: Sure. So the the background for the war goes back to the early 18th century, if not a little farther. Um, the English and the Cherokee had a long history of being allies and of also fighting each other. And a war actually broke out during the against between the Cherokee and the English during the the uh, French and Indian War, called the Anglo Cherokee War, in which the Cherokee actually fought British settlers. And so there was sort of this animosity between the Cherokee and the Americans by the time the revolution broke out. And so as white settlers were pushing into Cherokee territory during the revolutionary era, a lot of Cherokee decided they wanted to stand up and fight and resist this incursion through force because they felt it was the best way to retain uh, both their land and their sovereignty.
0: Talk to us about the importance of the Treaty of Sycamore Shoals.
1: So the Treaty of Sycamore Shoals was a treaty made between a Cherokee uh, elite, per, a Cherokee elite, and some white settlers who who moved into the mountains of North Carolina and were looking to create a homestead. Um, the issue was that the the Cherokee noble who who went ahead with the deal didn't do so with um, with at the behest of the rest of the nation; he sort of did it on his own. And so this created a lot of tensions as white, as white settlers moved into to uh, the, the area they ended up calling Watauga. And um, because it gave them a foothold in, in, in Cherokee land, it allowed um, more and more white settlers to continue to come in. And so it created a lot of friction, and it was really, um, it was really sort of the, the, one of the launching off points for the war.
0: There's a lot of important figures in this conflict. Uh, tell us about Dragging Canoe.
1: Dragging Canoe was a really interesting character. He was essentially the leader of the war faction for the Cherokee. So the way the Cherokee, what I call the Cherokee Nation in the article was, was um, put together wasn't the way we would traditionally think of like a European nation state. It was essentially a confederacy of clans and villages that came together to create a, a confederated Cherokee polity. And so there's a lot of power, you know, there's a lot of different power all up and down the Cherokee Nation. And he was one of the strong leaders of the Cherokee Nation, and was able to convince other leaders to go to war, um, and what was interesting about him he's actually um, the son of one of the peace, uh, one of the leaders of the peace faction named Little Carpenter. Um, so he was a big proponent of war um, and felt that really um, the only way to keep um, the, the white settlers and the American settlers from coming into their land and not only taking their land but taking their sovereignty like I said was to was to, to fight them off.
0: How did the war begin? And what did the early part of this conflict look like?
1: Yeah, so after the Treaty of Sycamore Shoals, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on between the Cherokee, the the, the British emissaries who are the Cher- um, who go between the Cherokee and the official British governments, and then also once the revolution breaks out, there's revolutionary governments who are also trying to, you know, persuade the Cherokee not to fight them, or who are trying to back settlers as they go into Cherokee territory, and so there's there's a lot of a lot of geopolitical stuff going on there. And um, eventually, the Cherokee decided that the only real way, um, because of, because a lot of these settlements ended up getting the backing, as I said, of the, of the colonial governments. the only real way they're going to really be able to keep these folks out is to go to war. And um, so, yeah, that so the early parts of the war were... Um, you know the, the Cherokee were so Essentially, they launched a three-part. The, the main part of the, sorry, I'm getting a little. The main part of the war was they they launched this sort of three-prong attack against the settlers up and down from Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina and Georgia, all up and down the Cherokee territory, um, and and would also and so essentially raided forts and homesteads across across the across the frontier.
0: You write in your article about a group known as the Peace Faction. Could you talk about them?
1: Yeah, so there was, as I said earlier, there was, you know, a lot of different leaders within within the Cherokee, and several of them thought that going to war wasn't, in fact, the best option, because a lot of the times when, you know, across in the history of colonialism, when Native American nations would go to war with, with settlers, if they lost, their nation was essentially wiped off the map, people were enslaved, uh, people were killed, and so they felt that the best way to keep the Cherokee intact, keep their land intact, keep their sovereignty, was to Super, was not sue for peace, but was to advocate for peace between the Watauga settlers and themselves and, the, and all the other um, colonists who were slowly moving into their territory up and down the, the, um, the old southeast. And, and so they were three, the, the three people I bring up in the article. Um, one was Little Carpenter, who, as I said, was the, the, actually the father of Dragon Canoe. Uh, one was a woman by the name of Nancy Ward. That was her, the name given to her by the, the Americans. I'm going to be honest I can't pronounce her Cherokee name and um, and she was actually very pivotal because um, she actually was able to warn the Watauga settlement of an upcoming attack by dragon canoe and save a lot of saved a lot of uh, the settlers lives there and also helped people that were captured in that raid escape um, and then the, the another another leader there were several other leaders who who had been prominent soldiers for the Cherokee who also decided that um they uh, you know, as they'd gotten older that war wasn't the best option anymore, and that they should try for peace.
0: How does this war end
1: so the 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 part I bring up in the article was I really focused on the the one main year known as the Cher- um which I call the Cher- Cherokee American War because after that first year of conflict between um um dragon Canoe essentially is forced to break off and form his his own faction. Um, or his own nation uh, called the, the Chickamauga. So, after about a year of fighting, the Cherokee um, leaders and and the people decided that they no longer wanted to continue because as because the the the, the, uh, the uh, Continental Army had made their way into the Cherokee Nation, they were they were burning villages, they were taking people's slaves and shipping them off to the Caribbean. A lot of people's lives were lost, and clearly the war was not going well for them. So they decided to offer peace to the 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 various states they were fighting and um greg and canute did not want that to happen he wanted to continue to fight so he broke off and formed um his own like i said the chickamaugas who continued to fight the american government until the 1790s
0: what was the chickamauga secession
1: yeah so i guess at the end of at the end of the uh the war the Dragon Canoe and, his follow- and some of his followers still wanted to continue to fight against the Americans because they thought it- they continued to think that it was really the only true way to keep them out. And so they seceded from the rest of the Cherokee Nation, who had decided to sue for peace, and they went down to northwestern Georgia, and they formed their own... Then um, they set up camp there and called themselves the Chickamaugas and they continued to fight um, the Americans well after the revolution.
0: How does this article help us to understand the revolutionary era better?
1: So I think a lot of times um, when you grow up in the United States and you learn about the revolution in school, or you read about, you read the books that are, you know, in big popular stores like Barnes & Noble, you you, you read a lot about the big actors, the Washingtons, Jeffersons, and Adams. You read a lot about the Northeast. You read a lot about um, a lot of what a, essentially a lot of the white Americans did for the, for freedom for themselves. And... But you don't really hear a lot about what Native American nations were doing and how they responded to this because it very much affected them as well. They were all a lot of a lot of different Native nations fought for or against the Americans. And I think and I hope that this article helps sort of highlight some of the stories of the Cherokee. And I tried my best to tell it from a Cherokee perspective, though it is rather hard given the scant amount of primary documentation from them. Um, but uh, that's that's what I hope to achieve with the article. And I just I you know, am. I think it's a fascinating uh, Trends historiography has been taking over the last several decades, and I just hope to be able to contribute to that in a little, at least a little bit of my article.
0: Jordan Baker, thanks again. Thanks very much for having me. The music played in this episode included works by Kevin MacLeod and the Sturbridge Colonial Militia. Any unauthorized reproduction or use of this podcast, without the express written permission of the Journal of the American Revolution, is strictly prohibited. For everyone here at Dispatches, I'm Brady Kreitzer saying... So long.